The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic is a 21st century thanksgiving, acknowledging your life as a techno-miracle and embracing the chance for more. Technology can truly be miraculous in our lives. Are we taking full advantage of what technology has to offer? What ideas, habits, and beliefs block us? How can we shift our attitudes to embrace this new world? Uh, you know, I have a smartphone, but sometimes I think my phone is smarter than me, so I get, get a complex. <laughs> so let's hear from two who are grateful for technology. One is Christine Benton, a smart, healthy, 40-something woman who loves technology and all the learning and connecting it facilitates for her and her family. The other is our host, Beth Green, a woman who has struggled with chronic illness and disability her whole life, but who can be with people, even when housebound and compose music, even when too crippled to play, thanks to technology. Share your techno-miracles, so stay tuned and feel free to call in live or email your questions. And now, here's your host, Beth Green from the Inside Out. Hi there. This is Beth Green, thanks to technology. If it weren't for technology, I wouldn't be in your living room or your car or your bathroom or wherever you <laughs> happen to be listening to us. Well, welcome to today's show. Um, I'm so happy that this show is happening today, and I'll tell you why. Because as soon as we committed to doing this show, I started to have the most terrible technological problems. It was like there with the technology gremlins that were saying, so you think you're grateful for technology, huh? Well, take that and take that. And so I was truly tried. And all throughout it, I said, I'm going to keep the faith in technology. And here we are today. So <laughs> that's the way it is sometimes, isn't it? Like just when you make a commitment to something, seems like all the gremlins come out to get you. So before we go out and start talking about technology, um, I'd like to just share with you the feedback that we got from last week's show, which was an interview with Jim Salters about a very interesting business where uh, they lend money to small businesses. And it was really challenging to people in so many ways because we were talking about uh, you know, something that really impacts everybody because everybody's impacted by small businesses, but in an area that people go, oh no, loan sharking. And it was fabulous to have Jim on talking about what his costs are and why he charges what he charges, but also the attitude that he's taking about trying to change his entire industry to make it more ethical and more supportive of the businesses that he, they're lending money to. And it was fascinating. And, um, we got some great responses. One response was, wow, you know, I never thought before about what it takes for the lender to lend me money. And by the way, James and I are trying to buy a house and I don't want to think about what it takes for the lender to lend me money. I just want the best rates, right? It's hard to stay in that higher consciousness when it affects 
you. And the other email we got was from uh, Tisha in uh, Oregon, and she was talking about how the show was clear and accessible, educational, entertaining, and that it really made sense to the average listener, which I was in that case, you know, trying to make head or tail out of this. So it was a great show about the bringing together of spirituality and materiality, if you want to look at it from the spiritual, you know, philosophical plane. You know, what are we doing here was we're trying to bring together the planes of existence instead of separating spirituality from our daily life. And we've been doing that in a number of ways. A show we had the week before last was about sex and spirituality. And you guys, if you heard that show, which was also great, uh, we had Christine Benton on with her husband, and they talked about sex and spirituality. Christina is going to be with us today. So last time we were talking about business, loans, of all things, and spirituality, and having a spiritual approach and an ethical dynamic. And today, we're talking about technology. You know, how could you get more, like, I don't know, unspiritual? But... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm going to be out in nature. That's spiritual. Or I'm going to sit and meditate. That's spiritual. But messing around with my computer, that is not only not spiritual, that is downright frustrating and aggravating. Unless you happen to be one of those techno geeks, which I am not. But I would like to share with you a little bit about what technology has done for my life. First of all, Okay. Um, okay. So we had a little techno blip here, uh, true to form, right? Suddenly you couldn't hear me, and now it's back, and who knows why, but that's technology. You can't live with it. You can't live without it, right? Okay, so I'm coming back to how technology has saved my butt. Now, it's not just that I couldn't be here talking to you via the internet if there were no internet, but also, I wouldn't be alive today if it weren't for central heat. (laughs) Air conditioning! I couldn't do anything, as James mentioned in the introduction, you know, I've been chronically ill uh, really all my life, but severely since I'm 15 years old, and that's a long time ago. I mean, in those days, we had No electric typewriters, much less computers. We had manual typewriters. We had seven carbons that we had to make. Uh, There was no such thing as a Xerox machine. And life was very much more complicated in some ways because everything was more labor-intensive. And when I was growing up, okay, you know, we didn't have TV for a while. Well, I could live without television. But the amount of information that we had was very limited. But talking about survival, it was very hard for me to write on a manual typewriter. Now, computers are fabulous. You type, you mess up, you backspace, you erase, you revise. I have written five books, guys, because of technology. I could not have written anything because my body doesn't function well enough to be able to handwrite or even type on a manual typewriter. That is technology giving me self-expression. Technology brought me the phone so that in the many, 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 many years where I was um, 
in bed most of the time. I just had a situation where I could not reach people. And I couldn't visit with people. I was so alone. So the loneliness, I mean, technology saved me from so much of the pain of years of being housebound and bedridden, where I could listen to the radio, watch a video now. Uh, if there's a remote, see, I can lie in bed and point and go boink, and suddenly I'm in England. Um, I, I could talk to people on the phone. Now I can Skype. You know, I can see people. They can see me. Cars, automobiles. I couldn't have gone anywhere. You know, I, not that I, you know, get out much, but there's a driver and I sit in the seat and I go. And I'll tell you something. It, technology has given me a life worth saving. I can't say that technology has improved my health because it hasn't, but technology has allowed me to live a full life despite severe disabilities. And the best story is the one I'm going to tell you now, if you're still listening, which is I was 15 years old when I became severely chronically ill and could no longer play music, play the piano, because I was being trained to be a classical musician. And I had many, many conditions, and I could definitely could not play anymore. And music was like my first language. You know, I just loved music. And there it was. I was cut off. And from the age of 15 until maybe the age of 50, I couldn't even listen to classical music. It depressed me so much that I would start crying when I listened to music. And in my 50s, um, I discovered electronic instruments. And first it was just an electronic keyboard. And then later on, um, I found, you know, computer technology, and I started to compose music. I couldn't play exactly, play. You know, I get some notes out. I had to fix it on the computer. I want to tell you that at that time, at least, the technology was so baffling to me because I am techno-stupid. <laughs> but I, I was driven, driven. In fact, in the middle of the night, I would just wake up hearing music. I never thought I would compose when I was young and I practiced the piano, it was like, oh, I can play what's... I was a classical musician. I played what was on the page. But I couldn't play anything. And somebody said to me, well, if you can't play the music that's written, why don't you write music that you can play? And I did. And then I started composing through the computer. I have three CDs of original music from different, different technologies, different keyboards, different computer setups. And it was a miracle that I discovered that I had this gift. And if it weren't for technology, I would still probably be afraid to listen to music because it would bring up so much pain. So now I feel like crying, which is extremely unprofessional. And um, in contrast to this, I'm going to bring on Christine Benton. And it isn't really a contrast because it's um, something that's unity and diversity. Christine Come on and tell us, give us a little feel for what technology has done for you. <laughs> Ironically, I don't know if I can, if you can hear me okay. My sound is warbly. 
Oh. <laughs> um, when I listened to you, um, I just sent an email to my husband asking him to <laughs> make sure everybody in the house is not using the internet because we have uh, potentially an iPad, a Wii, <laughs> an iPad Touch, two laptops, two <laughs> other laptops, and a Chromebook uh, clogging up the uh, the internet, you know, and I want to make sure they're not doing that so that I can that I can be on. But um, you sound but, fine, honey. You okay, good. You sound fine. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was that was funny. I haven't been having many tech problems lately, but um, but here we are. <laughs> well, you're so talking you're right. to me it's, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you now. And, and it, you know, we know what the Beth Green effect is. <laughs> That's right. Is that everything is going to break in my presence, so... Yeah. Yeah. So go on. <laughs> so I, I actually couldn't hear what you were queuing me up to talk about, but I'm assuming it's <laughs> the topic of how we love technology. Um, well, what, just to catch you up, I was sharing what technology has meant to me in my life. Okay. And it, it had brought me practically to tears. And Aww. mostly I was talking about, you know, from the perspective of a disabled, ill person. Yeah. You know, just being able to talk on the phone or watch a video or get in a car or have heat. Or, yes. you know, just, and the music that I was able to compose and the books I've been able to write all because of technology. Mm-hmm. So that just gives you a little bit of the flavor. And I said, now here is, you know, in contrast is, that, is a not disabled woman, but right. in a sense, it's the same story. It's absolutely the same thing. Um, one of the things that technology makes possible for me is it allows me to work from home mm. and my husband as well. So we love our home. We're in a rural area of San Diego, and you know a lot of where I do business is in San Francisco. Um, but I'm able to be here, um, you know, where I want to be, and, and at the same time work with the people that I want to work with, and still feel very intimately connected. Um, we use Google Hangout, we Skype, we email, we talk on the phone, we instant message. Um, I feel like I'm in a constant dialogue with people all throughout the day, whether they're in the Bay Area or on the East Coast or in Europe or wherever my colleagues are. Um, mm-hmm. So it allows us to be close and it, it allows me to be here. Um, and I've been able to do that work remotely um, since the 90s, if that's right. Yeah, since the 1990s um, when I moved back from New York um, to be in San Diego. So um that's one of the things. It's like I'm not limited to the job market here, and I'm, you know, I have that flexibility. At the same time, when I am out of town, um, I also don't have to lose connection to being uh, connected to my family. So, for instance, um, you know, we do video conferencing. I've uh, sometimes my husband is just tired of being the single parent for that night. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I get on and um, I help my oldest son with his homework. You know, he'll hold up the homework in front of the camera. We'll go through his math problems one by one. And, you know, I still feel like that connection and grounding to to home and, and not so like kind of out there on business travel. Um, and it's this it's the same type of thing. Like we had a nanny who worked with us for five years. And when she went to study abroad in Australia, you know, she would Skype um, uh, our kids and, and similarly help them like with their homework or just talk. She's, she's a um, social worker now, so she's got a great counseling background and just talk to them about their problems. And um, so in that way, I just feel like, I mean, I could go on and on social media. It's like, I feel yeah. like I'm more connected 
Mm-hmm. And with social media too, it's um, had me blend like my work and my personal life more. So I don't show up at work with my work professional persona. Um, you know, it's forced me to be more transparent about who I am as a whole person. And I'm really glad that, you know, people relate to me like that. That's lovely. So here's a, a, an interesting point. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're just a couple minutes from our first commercial break. But uh, this is something that I want to explore when we come back. Okay, so this show is about Thanksgiving. This is our Thanksgiving show. It's not about how to cook a turkey. And it's not, you know, it's not, oh, my gratitude list for my husband and all of that. This is the gratitude for the technology that drives us crazy but, but mm-hmm. gives us so much that we often don't stop and think about the mm. people that have made this possible for us. Uh, we are, James and I are planning to move out to a rural area, but we could not pick just any rural area. It had to be a rural area with really good internet, or we could not be in touch with you. We couldn't work, and we couldn't do inside out, and that would be, of course, the world's greatest tragedy, and in our lives, it would be terrible. But what, um, so all of that is the case, and yet, how do most of us feel about technology? I mean, I'm annoyed with it a lot. I think I spend more time bitching about it than appreciating it, (laughs) which is also true about my husband. I probably spend more time bitching about him than appreciating him, so maybe that's just the ingrained in me. (laughs) And there's always a fear when there's a new technology. I was forced recently to learn how to text. Now, what is the big deal about texting? All these years, it was like, no, I don't do that. I don't text. <laughs> you know, I'm not the kind of guy who texts. <laughs> see, and it's ridiculous. So I get in this, this place where I just like say, no, I'm not going any further. That's it. <laughs> I ended at the 20th century plus 10, and I'm not going any further. So what I'd like to, us to talk about when we come back, and I think James will be able to wax eloquent on this topic, <laughs> is about why do we freak out about technology what stops us, what blocks us from fully embracing it and fully, therefore, enhancing our own, our own lives to the degree that we possibly could. Mm-hmm. So, as we go to break, don't go away. Hang in there and come back. And thank you, technology, for our wonderful audience. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. 
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Well, as we were sitting here during station break, it occurred to us that we should give thanks for our engineer, who is Kevin, uh, who helps us, comes in every week and helps to deliver this technology. So Kevin is going to be on our Thanksgiving thank you list. And Kevin had a comment to make about technology. And Kevin, would you like to share? Yeah, I was just thinking about just the advancement we have in our technology and people complaining about that. It's really kind of out of our hands. You know, I don't think it's anything we can control. So to complain about it was it's kind of futile. Right, but has has futility ever stopped us from complaining? <laughs> there's nothing that's going to stop us from complaining. That's right. There's that's right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for being here today, and uh, we always want to thank you for being our techno guy and help keeping this show going. So that's just delightful. Well, you're Thanks. Most welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you. So okay, so now what is it that freaks people out so much? About, <coughs> excuse me, technology. Who's got a theory? Oh, I've got a theory relating to my own experience. Okay. It brings up all my feelings of inadequacy. Yeah. It's like, whoa, this is beyond me. What's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, no matter what I try to do, even if I call for help, there's problems there, too. Somebody from India is talking in an accent, and I can't understand. I can't follow them. What, what's going on? Or I've got the pressure of this deadline and I can't get it fixed fast enough. Or I just can't figure it out fast enough. Uh, so, yeah, for me, it's these huge levels of anxiety and feelings of anxiety, uh, feelings of inadequacy. I really like that, uh, James. I think that technology can make us feel really stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, we sit in front of the computer and things are not working that we think should work. And sometimes there has been an unbelievable technological glitch. And sometimes we are the unbelievable technological glitch. <laughs> like we hit the wrong button and we're angry at the program. In fact, I am annoyed that the computer doesn't know what I mean. <laughs> it's too literal. It is. I would say that's true. The machines are very literal. Garbage in, garbage out. Whereas in general, you know, we expect human beings to give us a little slack and (laughs) to interpret what we're meaning. Don't you think, Christine? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Now, Um, yes. Go ahead. No, I just, I have some funny stories um, of a friend of mine who is troubled with technology, but, but shares her stories. And I think she's been very brave in moving forward, but, um, I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt what you're going to say. Oh no, go ahead and share your story. And then we have a caller. Okay. All right. It could even be the caller. Cause I know she listens to the show, but she's told me a couple of really funny stories and shared them publicly. So I think it's okay to share, but, 
Um, once uh, she got a laptop, and um, she it wouldn't it wouldn't start. Like she kept trying to start it, it wouldn't start. She pressed the power button, it didn't work. Um, so she took it into the tech folks, and what they found is that she held the start button down for so long. It shut off. <laughs> it started and then it shut back off again. Oh my god! Oh my god! I love that. Oh, oh right. so she has more. Maybe she'll call in. She knows who she is, and she's oh. got really great stories. And oh, yeah. that's great. That's great. Yes. Well, we have Erica on the phone, and then we have a an email. So, okay. Erica, take it away. Hi, Beth. Hello I there. I wanted to um, give um, a hail mary to the uh, medical technicians and the medical technology because I have literally been saved by medical technology. And uh, my heart would not be going now if it weren't for um, both the implant that I have and the defibrillator that got me restarted when my heart stopped. So uh, I'm thrilled to be living in this day and age. And uh, (laughs) yes, as frustrating as technology can be, uh, you know, I'm always looking for, well, who could help me with this one? Because I can't bail myself out of this. Uh, next puzzle of technology, but there always seems to be somebody around. That is beautiful. I so, I so agree with that. And we take so much for granted. It's like you know, Kevin was indicating. You know, we really take a lot for granted. Fifty years ago, we wouldn't have these things. You know, th- those of us who are old enough to remember. Uh, you know, I think that some of the younger people they've had so much technology. Uh, that they they expect miracles, like your cell phone is going to take a video. You know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. It's, it's completely crazy. So I, I love it. And, and we, we take so much for granted. And yet, even in my day, um, I took heat for granted. It didn't always exist. There was my day. I'm still alive. But you know what I mean. I was born in the 40s. You know. We had electricity. There are people today who still don't even have those things. Thank you, Erica, for sharing that that great um, Thanksgiving of yours. And uh, now, and yes, and what they're doing with medical technology is they're making it more available to consumers. So you're seeing a lot of like health technology. Um, like I have an up bracelet by Jawbone and what it does is it keeps track of my activity and my sleep and my deep sleep and my light sleep. Um, and then I can, you know, track that, but I can also share it with other people. You can form little, little groups of people that encourage each other to have good, healthy habits and more and more technology is coming up with devices like that, that can help with, um, preventative health as well. And I think that's so exciting. Well, would you share again what that's called in case some of our listeners would like sure. to get one of these gizmos? Yeah, yes, it's, <laughs> it's an up, up UP bracelet by Jawbone. Um, there's also um, Fitbit. There's uh, a few different devices. And um, I think they're pretty affordable. And, and they give you all this feedback on how you're doing. And what's the name, what's the name of the kind of device it is? It, it's called Up, and it's a bracelet. Right, right, but I mean, let's. That's that's oh, the name of. Um, yeah. I think if even if you search for uh, wearable technology, okay, you can find all different sorts of things. Wearable technology. Wearable well, te- you know what you're bringing up, Christine, is how much more independent technology makes us. 
Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to run to the doctor to find out this or that or the other thing. So while at, you were saying earlier how much it allows us to be connected, mm-hmm. it also allows us to be way more autonomous. Mm-hmm. You can monitor yourself. Of course, most of us don't want to know about things like, you know, what we're doing to ourselves and our health. So, <laughs> uh, Okay, now we have another listener. We have uh, Helen, and her message is this. What is your perspective about Internet dating? Ha-ha. Do you think it takes the place of live meetings or has advantages over live dating? James, do you have something to say about that? Well, uh, yeah, that's how you and I met, through Internet <laughs> dating. <laughs> it's getting more and more sophisticated. I remember back in the 90s, uh, I, was, uh, I joined up with Great Expectations, the, the organization where you go through this binder and you see a person talk on video of all about them, that, that they would like to have you to know about them, which is all the best stuff, none of the bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> so you're pretty well flying blind. And that's a, that, even that was a big step up from the personals in the newspapers, you know, oh, uh, yeah. where, where you're really flying blind. Uh, wow. And now we have a chance to video a conference and get a sense of, well, who is this person, at least from that, on that level? Um, but it gives you a great opportunity, it gave me a great opportunity uh, lately before you and I met to scan lots and lots and lots and lots of people to see, well, mm-hmm. does this person fit? Does that person fit? Does that mm-hmm. person fit? Mm-hmm. Does that fit my criteria? Does that fit my parameters? This sort of thing. And so I have to say, you are the, either the lucky or the unlucky winner of that sweepstakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's really fun. That's really fun. That means that I'm expendable because uh, if you get rid of me, you can always scan hundreds of other women in the appropriate age group. But technology also lets us hide, and I think you were kind of saying that. You know, so one of the disadvantages of Internet dating is that people lie about themselves incredibly, and yeah. you can't even see them. I mean, if, if I want to tell you that I'm 5'10", but I'm really 5'2", uh, uh-huh. or 1, as the case really is, uh, you know, nobody knows until we meet each other what our real situation is. Or, you know, a guy tells you that he's a, a successful whatever he is. Uh, and then he drives up in a 1972, uh, you know, Dodge Dart or something. And, uh, and it's not a classic car, you know. And so, <laughs> you know, people you have used Internet uh, technology in order to, to lie about themselves. But there is a safety, I think, in starting on the Internet, even though it's also scary because you don't know who you're meeting. But you can also feel someone out. And it's amazing what you can learn about someone just writing back and forth and then just talking uh, about them on the phone. And it'll, it allows you to kiss a lot of frogs without getting herpes. <laughs> I, I, I did not say that. <laughs> But anyway, can, can we go back to the serious question for one moment about what freaks people out about technology? So the first thing is we know that it makes us, it can make us feel stupid. The next thing, I want to share something. I think that technology is incredibly complicated. It, it has ta- every single machine has many, many parts. And when you're dealing with the Internet, you have the computer, the hard drive, you have the memory, you have the RAM, you have uh, the voice card, you have the, I mean, or the sound card, uh, you know, you have 
the internet itself, you have your connection, uh, you have the server, you have, and there's so many links and a break in any one of them brings the whole thing down. And I think this is one of the frustrating and scary things for those, those of us who are not uh, techno uh, experts. I won't call them techno geeks, techno experts. That for us, I mean, for, uh, this was true for me anyway. I, I, I figured that, you know, you get a computer, you push a button, it goes on. You, you know, do something else, and it's all supposed to work. And I'm not thinking about the fact that it's got so many components. It's kind of like the human body. You know, if you stop breathing, it doesn't make any difference how flat your abs are. You're still going to be dead. So there are so many places that your, um, but your lungs can be fine. And if you have a perforated colon, you could be dead too. There are so many links any one, any one of them uh, can go down. And as, as Kevin was saying, you know, there's nothing you can do about it because we're kind of powerless over the whole thing. We do our best. I got this really expensive custom-made computer for my music uh, once, and it came, and it had a defective hard drive, and it had a, a, a defective Windows and I mean, they couldn't believe that, oh, no, it was the CPU. That was it. It was a defective CPU and defective Windows. And they said, you know, it can't be. This is a brand new computer. Yeah, and, and then the RAM went out. So it's, you're vulnerable. You're very, very vulnerable, not only to your own ignorance, but to the technology itself, to the intricateness of what we are trying to do. And I'd like us to just take a moment, take a breath. And think about how amazing this is. In this moment, we are talking, it is November 26th, 2003. But you could be listening on November 28th, December 2nd. You could be, and yet you're as present as if it were today on November 26th. You could be in Ghana. You could be in London. Um... You could be anywhere except in the same room with me, and it would be because then you'd have to move into the next room. But and be as present to what's going on as if you're right here. And we are trying to do something with the computer technology, and that's what we're talking about at this particular moment. That is so vast that it's almost mind blowing that we are trying to link up our universe to come together in mutual support to help each other. You have a question on anything. What's the first thing people do? They say, I'm going to Google that. You know, I'm going to find this, this out. Information wasn't like that. You used to have to go to the library if there was one, and then it probably wasn't there either. And we are coming together, guys, in this amazing Mutual support where we can help one another. But again, there is a vulnerability with that. For all the good, powerful information that's out there, there's a lot of garbage, a lot of untruth, vitriol, misinformation, and so on. And all of that is simultaneous. 
Yet it's remarkable that there are people who envisioned this and who were able to bring it to us. So I'd like to take a moment before our next commercial break for all of us to just be together and feel our connection, not only on the spiritual plane, but also on the physical plane, through this remarkable gift that the universe is providing to us and that has been won through the hard labor of how many people, including the people who make the steel or the plastic or whatever it is that goes into this technology that is bringing our world together for better or worse. So let's, let's be, have a moment of silence where we thank God, not only for technology in the abstract, but for the people who have made it possible and brought it to us. Let's smile at them. Because we don't always smile. And let us just feel the possibilities of where this could all take us. And the deep bonds that are being created right now, even just between you and us. Thank you. I feel like we're having an experience of that right now. Uh, here, you and I are uh, in uh, nearby rooms, Beth. But, yes. Uh, Christine is just as close to me as you uh, from how I hear her and how I experience her energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's true with all the listeners who can hear us just as easily as if we were in the next room. Yes. That's amazing. So we'd love you to continue to use that technology and write to us at beth at bethgreen.org or pick up the phone and call. And I know that you can't always do it because most of our listeners listen afterwards. But you can always send us an email later and stay connected. So don't go away. We'll be back in a few. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, 
www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there. Welcome back to Inside Out. Well, during our break... James pointed out something that he would like to share. And this is so much in the theme of technology and spirituality because the essence of spirituality, of course, is the experience of oneness with everything. And uh, he'd like to share something. Uh, Yes, thank you, Beth. Uh, You were just sharing with us a process of experiencing a greater degree of oneness by, by virtue of technology. And this also brought to mind for me that uh, way back when, when I was in college and, uh, and in the various movies we've seen, we used to call people who were techno people nerds, and then we called them geeks and whatever, and we felt a separation uh, from them. Like, I don't want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was that movie, The Revenge of the Nerds. Well, they, have, they are now having their revenge because <laughs> the geeks are on top. Bill Gates, Bill Gates, the ultimate geek, on top, you know? <laughs> and so... And so we, it's helping us to overcome our feelings of separation and antagonism or alienation into uh, looking to each other in a mutual codependency uh, or indep- in, uh, interdependency where um, it brings us together. Technology is bringing us all together. We have to be more technologically knowledgeable and uh, the geeks are there to serve us, and we're more geek-like, and they're, we're, we're all more like each other. And so there's, there's less and less of these categories of uh, uh, higher than or less than, like we talked about in one of our shows, hierarchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't look down at people who are skilled in these areas now, but rather we appreciate the help and appreciate oh how it serves uh, all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, in fact, we look down on ourselves because we feel stupid. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yes, and I'd like to make one more comment before I ask Christine to comment on this. You know, I was just thinking about nature and how scientists are so dependent on technology for their studying. You know, they if you don't have a microscope, you can't see uh, certain things, and there's so people who are out there trying to protect the environment, for instance, they have instrumentation. It's all technology. It's all becoming one. Machinery, nature, uh, artists. I'm a musician, and yet I use a computer. We are all becoming one as we, we, we're mutually de- dependent, and we need all these skills. So, Christine, what is uh, your take on how the geeks have, are inheriting the earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you were doing that exercise before the break and us feeling how thankful we are for the people behind the technology, it made me think of like the open source movement, you know, making code available. Um, Most people probably don't know what code is. Uh, it's basically um, the instructions that create software. So 
It's what tells the device, whether it's your computer or your mobile device, what to do. It's actually written in a language that instructs the device what to do. Um, and, you know, software has historically been, uh, at first, you know, very proprietary, but there's a whole movement to make uh, uh, code more available, um, free to other programmers. And I think there's been a movement within the tech community for a long time, and that the geeks brought this into existence, that n- knowledge should be free, um, mm-hmm. that it should be available to everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm so grateful for that because I feel like it's changed our culture. Um, mm-hmm. We expect Facebook to be free. Yes. You know, Pandora. I mean, you can, you know, you can upgrade and get a, a non-ad version or whatever, but, um, you know, to be able to have access to Wikipedia... Um, yes. There's, and that is a group of people who have that belief um, that are leveling the hierarchy, that want to make things available. And it's happening in third world countries where they're not laying down cable for internet, but they have uh, mobile devices. Yes. You know, and you have fishermen in India that traditionally have been very poor, but they can use the GPS on their phone to find, uh, you know, shoals of fish and also check on which market has the best prices for their catch. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's empowering people that have been very uh, disadvantaged and disempowered. And I love that about the whole culture of technology. Oh, I really appreciate that. It's kind of uh, a new way to empower democracy, Mm -hmm. to to give people power over information, power to know things. You know, uh, wasn't it um, Abraham Lincoln who said you can fool some of the people some of the time? I know you can fool some of the people all the time, all of the people some of the time, but you can't fool all of the people all of the time. He should be alive today (laughs) (laughs) because the minute somebody says something, there's some fact checker out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, notwithstanding the fact that there's somebody, some, somebody's going to be, pretend to be a fact checker and is really a, a, sh- a schmearer or somebody who's really just trying to make other people look bad. But that's there. And we can have that access to the information to know when people are lying to us or when, when a business has been treating people badly. That information can be out there. And that gives all of us more power. Yep. Absolutely. So I want to come back to the question of why we don't, so many of us, don't completely embrace it. So we've talked about how technology can make us feel stupid. We've talked about how complex it is and how vulnerable it makes us and, and how difficult it is to know exactly what's wrong. So in a sense, you feel like you have even less control over your life than you had before. And that can make some of us feel a little hysterical. Uh, James was talking a little bit about the them-us thing that, well, I don't think of myself as that way and I don't apply myself that way and I'd like to get a little bit more into that. Christine, as a member of a somewhat younger generation, uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you grew up with you know, more of uh, a technology but you have kids mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. on, you know, they're doing stuff that, you know, that us old fogies haven't even learned how to do yet. And at the age of five, they've, you know, way surpassed us. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is stopping people from being as grateful towards technology as they can be? Something that we haven't already covered. 
Well, I was wondering when you were talking about it, if it was just the opposite. Like, yes, tech- technology makes us, um, you know, have trouble that we didn't before, but it, it's also extremely empowering and it, it does have the potential to connect us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, I don't know if this is true for people, but like for everyone, but I have colleagues that I work with who don't like to Skype. Like they don't want to be in video conference. Mm, um, they don't want to be seen. They don't want to be seen, exactly. And um, technology, I feel like it really exposes you. It's just what you said, like my up bracelet. So I know I've been doing a bad job of walking and getting enough sleep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in one way, it can really empower me. And it does. Like if I'm not doing very well, it'll give me little pep talk messages. <laughs> um, <laughs> but on the other hand, it shows me just uh, how maybe unconscious I'm being about, you know, taking care of myself. It's, it does uh, expose us quite a bit, and especially because I have it linked up to my husband's account so he can see, you know, how, how uh, not very responsible I'm being. Um, so it definitely exposes people, and maybe some aren't quite comfortable with that. That is interesting. You know, the, what you've just said triggered another thought in me, which is uh, technology makes us more responsible. Mm-hmm. It's very much what you're saying. It makes us responsible and accountable. So somebody might say, okay, I've gone to the doctor, um, and I've gotten a diagnosis of this. Well, you don't have to just sit around and wait for the doctor to tell you everything. Mm-hmm. You go on the Internet, and you find out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're responsible. Or if the medication isn't working, you go and find out what are alternatives. I mean, we have the responsibility that goes along with having more information. And yet, there's still no certainty. Not only can the information be uh, erroneous, as I've mentioned, but I- even the information, uh, it, it's not like definitive. I say, oh, okay, well, I have a stomach ache and I have you know, three pains in my left temple. And you go on the internet and you say, I have a stomach ache and have three pains in my left temple. What could it be? And you get seven diseases, none of which you have. So, um, you know, it can be confusing. So we're at the same time, in a sense, more accountable. And at the same time, um, we can be more confused. We can misinterpret the data uh, that we have. You may think you know, you, your little gizmo may tell you, oh, you're not walking enough or you're not. The, but it, 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 that may, it may be reading something, but it can't always tell you why something mm-hmm. is showing up the way it is. And so I think we're scared to have so much information and not to know what's real, what's definitive, and what to do about it. Mm-hmm. James? Is some, there's, some, is there there's something else I wanted to share. Yeah. Uh, there's, that, there's that saying, be careful what you put out on the Internet because it will live forever. Yeah. And so uh, we really have to be knowing uh, when we're off and when we're on and uh, it's going to be out there for the whole world to see mm-hmm. uh, and so we're, we're very much accountable for what we put out yes. and so just to keep that in mind it's not like in, in the olden days like you said the Lincoln quote uh, people can uh, well you're, you're exposed there's just a much greater exposure and if, if you say something that's wrong that's off that's uh, uh, angry or uh, negative or destructive uh, you're, you're going to have that kind of responsibility for a long time uh, in terms of 
what uh, you've exposed and what you need to do to clean it up. Yes. At the same time, I see, um, I think it, uh, just be on social media, for instance, a lot of things have become more normalized for me. Like, I don't know, maybe before we would have pretended uh, we have the perfect families and uh, the perfect children and we're the perfect parents, but at least the people that I'm connected to seem to be more relaxed more and more about being honest, uh, you know, of what's going on. And I feel less that need to pretend. Um, oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy. Well, isn't it interesting? I think we've seen some of the scary parts of technology mm-hmm. and as well as the miraculous parts. And, of course, what you're saying, James, is, is so important. We need to feel responsible. Like if somebody recorded us in our worst moments, we'd probably try a little harder next time. <laughs> so it's, that's, that's, that's like that little gizmo that you're talking about. You're getting feedback. And when you can see yourself, my God, that's awful, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you just, oh, yeah, I was brilliant on Inside Out today. And then you have to listen to the podcast. <laughs> this is in humility. <laughs> it is. It is. That's really true. Well, we have just scratched the surface today on the subject of technology. But, Christine, is there one final thing that you would like to get in? I have one app I'm really thankful for that I want to acknowledge. What is that? Can I do that? It's yes. called Uber, and it helps you find a car taxi. And I was in San Francisco needing to get to the airport at rush hour near the Bay Bridge where no taxis will go because of the traffic. And I had installed this app on my phone, and I pulled it up. And it, by GPS, it knew where I was. It told me there was a town car coming to get me. I called the guy. Um, we agreed because of the traffic that I should walk a block and a half met him, jumped in the car, was off to the airport, and we were congratulating each other on how well we'd collaborated to make it work. So what could have, what usually would have been a wait for 20 minutes, extremely stressful, was just effortless and partnering with my new cab friend. Okay, see, apps, that's one of the things that I haven't quite ca- caught up with. Yeah, so, that's, I'll, I'll text you the link. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't need the link to the taxi app, but um, I, I love this. So everybody needs a Christine in their pocket. We need to have a Christine app saying, okay, this is, this is my problem. What app do I need and how the heck do I do it? Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Christine. You've been a delight, as usual. And you had all these wonderful things to share. And um, I'd like to thank everybody for being with us. And you're allowed to be thankful for other things on Thanksgiving. But don't forget to include technology. And now, James, what's up? Okay. Our next edition of Inside Out will be Inside Voice America, your favorite radio network. Jeff Gerstel tells all. We've just had a taste of this with our engineer. We're going to find out some of the inside stuff. Here's your chance to find out what goes on behind the scenes. In this episode of Inside Out, we'll be interviewing Jeff Gerstel, Director of Host Services for Voice America. Jeff is the go-to person for us hosts who need help, and he's been around long enough to know all. But will he tell? Tune in and find out. You can play a big part, too. Email or call in questions and dare him to answer. How did he end up in Voice America, a guy with over 25 years of broadcast experience? How does he really feel about working for Internet radio? What's it like dealing with hosts? 
his boss. What are his funniest experiences in live radio? And what got him into radio to start with? Don't miss the opportunity to join Beth, myself, and the gang, the guru, and Madame Mazurka as you turn Jeff and Voice America inside out. Thank you, James. So don't hesitate to listen to the show and to get your questions in in advance if you can't uh, be here. This is going to be fun. So thank you. And I'd like to just close very, very quickly with thank God for Voice America and all the people on this program who make this possible. And thank God for you. And please be in touch. Until next time. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.